Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Barrett Ejectish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Why It Matters. What a question. Can you live and coexist with COVID 19? Well, according to at least one survey, a lot of people feel yes, they can. It's Manulife's annual Asia Care Survey for this year. More than half of people, in fact, living in Asia seem to have accepted that COVID-19 is here to stay for another year or more. So why not just live with it? I think I'm in that frame of mind as well. Yeah, they've changed their health, the digital, the financial habits, all to sort of keep up with this new normal. Uh, There is concerns, obviously, about their income and overall well-being. You've got one in three, so about 35% surveyed say they think the pandemic will last at least another year. An additional 14% of them think well, it'll never end. Yeah, well, I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. I think some people have put themselves in that frame of mind just so that they can live with the consequences and the uncertainty. So they're kind of factoring in the uncertainty. Yeah, yeah? yeah possible. Uh, so incomes have dropped as a result of COVID. Region-wide, we saw 44% of people say that their incomes have dropped as well. And about two-thirds said that savings are probably only going to last less than a year if they lose their income. I think that's pretty significant. A lot of people worried about that. So let's Let's talk about Singaporeans in particular. Are we ready to live with COVID-19 on those terms? Joining us now, Darren Thompson, Chief Customer Officer and Chief Product Officer at Manulife Singapore. Hey, Darren, good morning. How are you, man? I'm great. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having me. I love this survey. It is perfect. It's a bit of a you know reset your mentality type thing. Tell us more about yes. the annual Manulife Asia Care Survey. Sure. Great question about that. I mean, it's an in- annual survey that we do because we really wanted to keep our, you know, our fingertips on the pulse of what's going on across Asia. It's the third time we've done this. And we polled about 8,000 people just you know, two months ago in November. And in Singapore, we talked to 1,000 different people. And in this third survey, we wanted to uncover the concerns, priorities, and aspirations and really follow those trends over the last three years or two, two and a half years. And the respondents uh, were typically between 25 and 60 years old and included some people with insurance and those who intend to purchase a policy in the coming month. Okay, so to your mind, what surprised you the most? Or was it not surprising at all, considering the attitudes that were unveiled in the survey and what they said? Yeah, you know, what's surprising is how resilient people are, how we're all in this together and how we all feel very similar across the region. You know, everybody is different in each country, but, you know, it's a human condition and it's everybody feels the same. So really, you know, what we saw uh, across the region is that there are three key trends. The first really is the mental health concerns are on the rise. You know, mental health issues are more prevalent compared to our last survey in 2020. The second is financial implications of the pandemic continue to be felt across the region. And Bharati, as you mentioned, you know, there's 43% of our respondents in Asia have, have saved more since the start of the pandemic, but 64% are not confident that their savings can support them beyond a year if they lose their job. So that's pretty telling. And the third trend is really an appetite. The appetite for insurance is higher than we've ever seen. And, you know, about just more than two-thirds, slightly more than two-thirds, placing more importance in financial and retirement planning since the pandemic began. So, in other words, would you say there is this acceptance that COVID's here to stay, that we are going to live with COVID? Yeah, I mean, what we saw was, it depends on country across the region, but I think Singaporeans are very resilient people. And they've really started accepting, you know, life needs to move on. How do I deal (laughs) with that? 
you know, and, and how does that change how I behave? Yep. Yeah. VTLs help as well. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you need that escape once in a while, don't you? Absolutely. And you saw, you know, the traffic up in December that SQ announced in terms of uh, the number of people. So really fantastic for them. Yeah. So considering the mindset right now of acceptance, of coming to terms with it, uh, what's next in terms of preparing for this prolonged uncertainty? A prolonged uncertainty that actually one day will cease to be prolonged uncertainty or unpredictability. It will become the norm. Yeah. I mean, let me let me tell you a little bit about uh, sort of what we saw for Singapore. And I think as I mentioned, you know, the national results broadly mirror the regional trends. And I think really, you know, a quarter of Singaporeans surveyed are concerned about the length of the recovery, as you mentioned, but it's more around, you know, what impact will I have on my family, you know, personal finance, losing your job or income being reduced. And what we saw is that Singaporeans are increasingly focused on financial planning and, you know, more than ever intending to invest in the next 12 months. The other concern that we're seeing, and we really, you know, need to deep dive into this one as a company is mental health concerns you know, are on the rise. And the top, one of the top concerns in Singapore is burnout. And the top reason for burnout is work, how everybody's at home and there's, you know, the lines are being blurred between personal life and, and work life. And I think that's just really telling, you know, what we need to focus on. But, you know, I don't think it's too bleak. The majority feel that it's lasted longer than expected, but more than half of Singaporeans are comfortable to live with the pandemic and 61% we saw are ready and able to cope with the prolonged COVID-19 situation. I'm curious, and, and this is to an earlier point where you where we were talking about accepting COVID-19, right? You say it was different around the region uh, and that Singapore is a little bit more resilient. They're prepared for this. Which was the worst? So which is the one, which is the country that's still, pardon me for saying this, in denial? No, I, I mean, I think what we saw was that it, it varies. I wouldn't say anybody's really in denial. Some okay. people, like some companies are more accepting. So like, I think our friends to the South, Indonesia, have accepted. And even though they sort of have different issues than we do, like I think it was something like 80% of people have accepted that this is here and we need to adjust and and move forward. You talked about how people are realizing the importance of financial planning more so than ever before because of the current situation. So what are the steps that ought to be taken at this time, bearing in mind what we've just been through? What are the different priorities that a person should be factoring in as they begin this process of planning? Yeah, I mean, I think what I think is you know, 58% of respondents are looking to purchase new plans. So how do you go about that? I think the first step really is is understanding what you have and reassessing because people have said they want an assurance that they're covered appropriately so that, you know, if something else happens or something down the road happens, I'm protected and I can cover, you know, provide income for my family, uh, all sorts of those kinds of conditions that very, you know, varies depending on your personal circumstances. So, you know, do you need life cover? Do you need health cover, hospitalization? And really, it's an opportunity to reach out to an advisor and get some information and understand, you know, more about what I have, what do I need? And what we're seeing is that, you know, there's closer interaction between customers and their advisors and certainly in a safe way and making sure that they're talking to people either virtually or doing a review of their coverage and seeing what they need so that they can feel confident that they can weather these storms. In your opinion, how's the balance like in terms of managing both your physical health and financial health in this post-COVID world? Yeah, one of the things we didn't mention, or I didn't mention yet, is about the physical fitness. You know, we certainly see that in Singapore, people 
I, I'm from Canada, by the way, but I, I see you guys as being very, very fit. I see people exercising all the time, and I'm, I was surprised to see that over the last couple of years. People you didn't, you didn't see us at you. breakfast. Apparently. You didn't see us at breakfast. Watch me wolf down pineapple tarts and all sorts of other Chinese New Year goodies. But hey, that's Chinese New Year, right? You have to do yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, certainly physical fitness is so important to Singaporeans. And, you know, what was interesting is that the uh, preference to exercise indoors has gone up significantly. Uh, so we have to be careful about that in terms of social distancing and so forth. But Singaporeans are very fit. They recognize that's important to balance, you know, their mental health um, and then also save more. We saw people reducing expenses on unnecessary items and saving more money to, you know, to get prepared for, you know, what may happen or, or to support their families. You mentioned mental health, which has been more and more on the radar and rightfully so. What are the options available on this front when it comes to protection and insurance? I think it's something that insurance companies do grapple with because it's one of those benefits in the past that, that you just haven't seen that that often. Uh, so I think companies need to take a look at that and say, you know, how can we support our customers, whether it's additional benefits to go and talk to somebody. You know, a lot of companies offer employee assistance programs for their employees to talk to people when they have some, some challenges. So it's something that I think across the board, the industry, ourselves, you know, we need to take a look at and see how do we support our customers. The other thing, too, is I mentioned about burnout at work is, you know, as, as leaders, as bosses, myself, like I tell my staff, like, you need to have a balance. And I, I really want you to make sure you take time to have dinner with your family. And, you know, that email that you were going to send me, that can wait till tomorrow. And I think, you know, sometimes we just have to personally adjust. And, and the other thing, too, is what can we do individually? You know, I've started myself doing a bit of meditation and seeing how that can help me. And when I was much younger, I didn't think that that was something that I, I wanted to do. And now that I'm older, it just, it, it takes... You know, it's, it's great. Do five minutes of breathing. You can ground yourself. All sorts of things that we can do to encourage people and remind them about how to how to get better and how to how to cope with life stresses. It's a great point that you bring up. Just an opinion question: Where do you think this starts? All this uh, self care starts. Is it you know literally self care where you got to make that decision yourself to know when to stop work, to know when to take care of your mental health, or do you need a boss? To tell you to do that. It's like how we kind of need a government to tell us uh, how to behave in a post-COVID world. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question because I think it really depends on the society. But I think, you know, what you're seeing lately in the mainstream media and then all the research is that we need to start self-care. It starts at home, right, with yourself to say, I need uh, to be more inward focused. I need to understand you know, what I need to do to contribute to society, contribute to my work, to my family. Sure. And I think that's really important, yeah. One of the things I've heard corporates bring up uh, in regard to insuring or protecting their employees is that sometimes the cost of the premiums is quite prohibitive and it makes them want to sort of stinge on certain things. It makes them want to shave certain riders off and things like that. So don't insurers like you have a role in terms of making all of these things more palatable, less prohibitive, so that people can be better protected? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think as a, you know, I look after the product and, and customer piece at Manulife, and, and one of the, the things that we're looking at is really the whole convenience factor, affordability, and easy to understand content. And, you know, when you think about those three comments, everything in life, we want convenience, affordability, and easy to understand content. So we're looking at, you know, how do we improve our policy language? How do we improve uh, understanding of riders, the cost? You know, what are really the benefits that 
customers need and want, especially in this new environment. And I think this care study really helps us focus in on what people are looking for today and in the, you know, the medium to long term. And we do have responsibility to make sure that, that we do support. You know, we want to make sure that people understand we care, we listen, and we adapt. It's really important to listen and, and adjust to what people need to, to be comfortable and be prepared for the future. Great conversation. We've been speaking with Darren Thompson, who is Chief Customer Officer and Chief Product Officer for Manulife Singapore. Uh, Darren, appreciate your time this morning. Take care, stay safe, and enjoy uh, some Chinese New Year goodies, yeah? Stay safe. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.